Hello everyone, Carter here, bringing you another episode of Out of the Hourglass, presented by Nolan Consulting Group, a podcast dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop their teams, and build sustainable growth so that business operations don't run solely through them. We want to get business owners out of the hourglass. Today's episode features some highlights from our recent sales management webinar, featuring Brian Nolan and Mark Repkin. We think you'll really enjoy this in-depth conversation on managing a sales team. A bit more on that to come from Molly. Thanks for listening, and as always, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Enjoy the show. Thanks, Carter. That's right. Today we're focusing on sales management, and we're giving you a behind-the-scenes look at a recent sales management topical discussion facilitated by Brian Nolan and Mark Repkin. Mark Repkin is VP of Sales for Painters USA, based in Chicago, Illinois. Mark is also a sales consultant, trainer, and coach. He currently coaches two of our sales management peer groups and also does some private coaching. Several years ago, one of the sales management peer groups committed to creating the sales covenants. A set of 15 behavioral covenants, creative behaviors, attributes, and commitments to what they believe aligned to create a successful sales manager and leader. It's important to note that the peer group participants then each chose three of the covenants to focus on, behaviors that they personally wanted to develop and become better at. The rule of three helps to create more focus, more concentration. The rule of three gives us a pattern. So we're gonna follow that rule as well today. Brian and Mark will walk us through three of the covenants. The first, I will hold engaging sales meetings. The second, I will become great at ride-alongs. And the third, I will become a coach. But first, let's take a step back and take note of the 15 behavioral covenants as a whole described by Brian to give us the big picture. Keep an ear out for those three I just mentioned as we'll dive a little bit deeper. Now, Brian, take it away. So I'm I'm gonna go through these 15 as I do if you're running sales, or if you want to run sales someday, give yourself an assessment of how well you do with these 15. And that as we go through the call, pick the three that you want to work on. Uh, so I will hold engaging sales meetings. The operative word is engaging, changing it up. I want my sales reps to want to come. They wouldn't miss it for the world. Number two, we follow a business development system. Managers, you own this. Randomness is not allowed in a business development system. I will focus on teams. No prima donna. This is the hardest because there's a lot of self-centered people in sales. I will not shy away from conversations, crucial ones, radical candor. Uh, This is the toughest of all with the highs and lows that sales reps can feel and our scarcity thought sometimes that if I give this sales rep feedback, is he or she gonna move on? I, I can't, I, and so there, there, there could be this fear of giving feedback to a prima donna. How about that? I'd be great at ride-alongs. This might be my favorite and we're gonna go deeper in, into this. Um, go to the game if you want to evaluate a sales rep. Um, you need to understand 
what's going on when they're in the moment in the game. Don't do it from the office. I will become a coach. We will talk a lot about this later. Making them the best versions of themselves. Uh, I will focus on strengths, what they do well. I will master sales onboarding, training. I'll have a sales green book. The first two weeks are key. I'm going to assess behavior quickly. Even if results take a little longer, I'm going to assess behaviors quickly. I will become a master sales recruiter, a headhunter, talent scout. I'm going to have an abundance mentality, which will allow me to give radical candor to my existing sales reps because I'm always on the lookout for talent. Time management will be my focus. I set the example, I plan my calendar and I work my calendar. We will be, we will be goal focused. This is so key. You know, there's, there's, no, there's no area that has a clearer definition of winning and losing than sales. So we are a goal focused team because if we don't hit our goal, the revenue's not there, then we can't support payroll, that's bad. We will have an AWO, additional work order culture. Um, you may want to call this a six man. Our whole, our whole field understands the importance of selling additional work order. We are more targeted in our sales. We know our sweet spots. We, uh, we just don't go after the higher revenue jobs. We understand profitability. I'll focus on relationships with the field. Natural tension is going to exist but I, I need to do our best to make that a positive conflict. I will focus on job profitability. Revenue is vanity, Profity. profit is sanity. Lastly, and I know Mark has written a book about this, I will focus on rewards and recognition. Reps like trophies. Most of these reps are higher Ds, they wanna win. And when you reward them, it works. Mark, what say you about these cultures? Well, I, I could I could listen to you all day on those things because I think that your descriptions, those little sentences after you said each of these lines, there, there's so much wisdom in there because um, when we're when we're looking at these things, it's like you got to dissect it. You got to understand what these mean to you, um, and then you've got to translate them. Um, so I always look at these things and I'd say, you know, we can we can have these as another list of stuff that that creates a burden on us. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cause there's a lot here. It's a lot. There's a lot, Brian, but you know what, you know, what's interesting about these is that they're interconnected. Um, I'll give you a good example. Like time management will be my focus like that. We all work on time management to some degree, but it's all connected into the points mm -hmm. of everything that we're going to be talking about. So like I could draw a line from time management to coaching and I could say to you right now, um, I can tell if I asked everybody to pull up their calendar how many of you told, can tell me that you have time on your schedule, on your calendar to one-on-one -on -one coaching or to ride-alongs? And so time management, it's like, if it's not on your calendar, it doesn't count. When I'm, when I'm debriefing a salesperson and they say to me, what's the, I say to them, what's the next step? They tell me what the next step is. If it doesn't have a date and time and it's not on the calendar, it doesn't count. You know, Mark, the other link, I mean, there, you're right, lots of links. The other link is... Um, being able to give tough feedback and being a master sales recruiter. 
Because if you're not a master sales recruiter, you're living in a scarcity world. And uh, you're like, well, at least I have someone to run these bids. And someone is better than nothing, but all it's doing is depreciating your leadership if you can't give the feedback you need to give. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, you know, um, just because just it popped to mind, but one of my very first sales mentors said to me, you know, one of your jobs is as a sales manager. He's like, you really have one major job. I said, what's that? He goes, always be recruiting. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I don't have time to always be recruiting. He was like, you don't have time not to be because the minute you don't have talent on the bench, you're hostage to the underperformance that you currently have. Yeah, you know, we talk about systems so much, but you know, um, in uh, some of these books, they, they say first who, then what. And, and some of you guys who have finally found the right people, you know, like I finally found the right people. Now my world is better. And so uh, that's a key thing there is to always recruit. Yeah. And, and as we move into the next slide, I want to say something is that I know that lesson, but I constantly struggle with it. I don't, I don't fire quick enough. I, it's a weakness of mine and I'm working on it. The biggest mistakes I've made as a leader are waiting too long to let people go. That's right. And so what we need to do is, is there's, I don't know who said it, but they said to know, but not to do is essentially not to know. Mm. We've got to take these covenants and things that we're willing to work on in our game. I don't care whether you're full-time or you are just doing this on the sidelines. You need to look at this list here that we have there and we've got to translate them. Let's pull back and let's focus on our rule of three. Um, Sales management simplified. If, If you haven't read this book and you're leading sales or want to lead sales, please read this book. It, um, the first part is academic. The second part actually goes into how it works. So it's a very well done book. And Mike Weinberg says the top three highest payoff activities are effective meetings with your sales rep, being the coach, windshield time alongside sales reps, vital, and leading productive sales meetings, not just accountability checks of sorts. And so Mark and I are going to go um, a little bit deeper into each of these now, and uh, I'm going to kick it off, and I will become a coach. Hey, Brian. Yes, sir. You know what the irony is? Those are the three that have the biggest impact, and those are the three that people do the least. Ooh. You know, the ride-alongs, you're right. Uh, I often ask someone, like, um, so you say you want to let the sales rep go. Have you been out there? With them much well once so uh there needs to be something you do the most so how are you coaching how have you turned into a coach what's your approach how do you address uh performance behaviors team play culture how do you handle prima donnas how do you coach a prima donna uh, how do you avoid uh, depreciating your leadership because you're not coaching? Um, this is one of the things I've watched Mark do the best. Um, Mark has all kinds of analysis and spreadsheets with his sales reps. He's got, I mean, he's got their disc, their uh, culture index. He's got this whole, all these strengths and weaknesses. And he comes up with this like masterpiece of when he sits down with, one of his reps, and he had 11 or 12 sales reps. And I'm gonna tell him, he had the hard job of taking over for Paul Cook. And 
Mark and I have bantered about this a lot because it was Paul's sales team for years. And Mark had to come in and do things his way. And his strides have been huge because of, of his style. Mark, how do you coach? Well, oh, well, wait a minute. We have a poll first. Sorry about that. Mark, think about that answer. And, and while you do, I'd like, uh, I'd like people to answer this question. I wrote effective one-on-one -on -one meetings and have radical candor, meaning I say what's on my mind. I don't hold back. I believe I do. Sometimes I can do better. Not currently running effective one-on-one -on -one meetings. Let's see how you guys answer this one. Because I'll tell you this, in our peer groups, this one gets the most attention. We'll say things like, have you talked to him about this yet? Does, does she know you think this way? What did you say to him? And I think there's a lot of internal discussion that happens to people's heads without actually saying what they think. Yeah. So you asked the question, what, you know, how do I coach? Can, you know, the, the first way that we answer that question is how do I not coach? What is coaching not? Mm -hmm. um, coaching, let me just say this. Coaching is not about fixing people. Okay. People think it's about fixing people. That's a life coach. That's not what we're in the business of. You don't have the skills. You're not a psychotherapist. Your job is to listen and discover. Your job is to do what you do in selling, and that's to listen and discover. And understand that coaching is a it's a it's a it's not a natural thing. It didn't come naturally to me. I had to learn how to develop that skill and convert my selling into my coaching using questioning techniques. And I had to make the, the mental shift to say it's not an event, it's it's a it's an ongoing occurrence, it's an evolutionary process. So coaching is also not training. Brian, it's uh, training is is when we convey information and we tell and we teach, and um, but coaching can be advisory and coaching can have a, a teaching moments, but it's about the percentage of time that you're doing the talking versus what they're doing the talking. So if you, it's like on a sales call, if you did all the talking on the sales call, the customer is not buying. Jim Falk, right? I mean, this is, uh, we've got to get them talking. We've got to use our questioning techniques. So in the same way, um, just understand that coaching and teaching are not the same thing. Okay. So um, the, how, how do I coach, right? Was that the question? Was that really, and we wanted to talk about one-on-one -on -one meetings, right? So um, in doing a one-on-one -on -one meeting, there are, kind of some general rules and we have to make some distinctions in how we approach what a one-on-one -on -one meeting is versus an off-the-cuff engagement with our with our people um and so there's there's a distinction there so i i don't know if you're chomping at the bit to jump in there it looks like you had something to say no okay. no no I'm, I'm just so i i jotted down some notes um you know because at this point in my career it, it's, um, I'm just doing it. I, and now to actually describe to you what I'm doing isn't as easy as it used to be because I used to be able to, it was like textbook. Now I'm actually just doing it out of a natural muscle memory. Um, but here's some guidelines that I kind of wrote down for myself. Um, um, in, in doing a one-on-one, -on -one, right? What's the objective? The objective is to have something that is formally put on somebody's calendar um, I would say that if they're a, um, a minimum of once a month, okay, probably twice a month, and particularly higher if they're newer, 
right? But the one-on-one -on -one itself has a structure to it. And I'm not sure if we had a slide on this, but um, we, 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 there is a structure to running uh, a one-on-one a -on -one meeting. There we go. So, and this is, I believe, right out of Sales Management Simplified, Brian. It is. Okay, and, 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 and this is something that he talks about in the book, but you'll hear it over and over and over if you read blogs on sales leadership. So it's this concept of um, a results first, then the pipeline, and then the behaviors. But if anyone's gone through the situational leadership, we know that not everybody is coached the same way. So one of the things that how do we coach is that we have to understand our players. So I'm going to go back to my Bulls reference. When I'm Phil Jackson and I've got and I'm standing on the sideline, I can't coach Michael Jordan the same way I coach Dennis Rodman. And I can't coach Dennis Rodman the same way I coach Scottie Pippen. Mm -hmm. Hopefully everybody's seen the, the they all know who I'm talking about. You've seen the videos. They are all different. So when I'm talking with Michael, what I'm going to be talking about is his results. I'm talking about the numbers and I'm going through it in a process stage. And then I'm going to look at his pipeline. And by the way, I'm going to be saying, are you on, are the numbers on track? I'm going to be comparing where were you last month to where you should have been? Where were you, where are you year to date to where you are, where you should be? So I'm always looking at those things. It's, a, it's an easy formula. And the sales rep understands that, that when you come in the door, that's what they're going to ask them is you could be like, hey, let me tell you your numbers. This is what you did last month. This is where you currently are. This is, um, here's where you are year to date, et cetera. Or you can have them tell you. doesn't matter. doesn't matter because they already know what you're going to ask before you walk in the door. That's kind of a good thing because they can come prepared because this is a two-way street. They have to come in engaged into the conversation. And so when we're dealing in the results and you've got some, some data points up here, you can pick your things, whatever you think are going to be critical to your business. And then you could use that in your one-on-one. -on -one. So the sales rep knows it's on a monthly basis minimum. They know what there's going to be coming in, what, what data they should be coming in prepared to talk about. Then we go into the pipeline. Okay. And the pipeline is going to be talking about um, what's, what's new, what's coming in, what's going out. And we're looking at what the volume is and whether or not we're on track, because we know like in the cookbook thinking, uh, hopefully everybody understands what I mean by a cookbook, but the idea is you break down your overall annual goals down into drill it down all the way to all the ingredients you need to get into it. And I know how much I need to be putting at the top to get down to the bottom. For example, if I have a 25% close rate and a million dollar quota, right? I need 4 million in opportunities to get there because I'm only going to close 25% of that. So we're always just bringing it to their attention. And we're having an adult conversation here. This is me to you. I'm not talking down at them. I'm not talking up at them. I'm neutral. Um, it's so, the so Mark, someone, if someone's hitting all their goals, right? And maybe they're, they're blowing them away. Then, then what? Well, if they're hitting all their goals, this is, this is where you get to ask some awesome questions. How are you doing it? Can, you, can everyone just write the word how, H-O-W? Mm -hmm. How is a much better question than when or why? And why are you doing something? It's a how are you doing that? What's happening? What are you doing? Because we're learning from this process because we have other people to coach on our teams and we're learning ourselves. So the how question comes into play, but I don't need to drill into the behaviors, do I? 
You don't. You don't because obviously behaviors. I, I mean, you may say, "How can I help? How is can there I anything help? else? Is there any way I can make you even better?" But you don't have to ask them how many appointments they had this week. You don't have to ask them how many contacts they made. Not, not only should you not, you you shouldn't ask them. You know why? It's going to piss them off. We're talking yeah. to them. Yeah, because the high D is like, I don't ask me how. Just ask me that I got it done. It's yeah. done or not. But now, now you have a guy who's not consistently, third month in a row, below par, not, not hitting numbers, and, you, and you're uh, sitting down again. You're like, what's this conversation going to sound like? Um, where do I go next? Okay, well, first off, we, you, if, you, if everyone on the call here just thinks back to the slide that you introduced this on, there was something that said radical candor. This is where it comes in. There it needs to be a direct conversation. It's black and white. So, so it's a quick look at, uh, okay, you haven't hit the numbers, but you've got a ton out there. You've got next step agreements. Uh, all right. We both feel good about that. Uh, now, now you're okay. But now, now the pipeline is nearly empty. They're not hitting their numbers and the behaviors conversation comes up. This is, this is, this is the most difficult part of the one-on-one. -on -one. This is where true change happens. That this is the radical candor piece. This is the accountability piece. What do those questions sound like, Mark? Yeah, well, actually, what we want to make sure, because we said that this is about coaching, right? This is, and then part of coaching is having one-on-ones. So if we know that we have a performer that's not performing well, you're probably having a more frequent conversations and that this is the bookend at the end and we're getting into the details. And so we could start to drill down into the questions. And this is one of the things that I'm going to encourage everybody to do is don't go in there and wing this. Don't wing it. I have cheat sheets all day long. I got little cheat sheets that I pull up and I say, okay, I got to get into this performance conversation. What does this look like? What questions am I going to ask? My very first rule on one-on-one -on -one guidelines, it's, it, it's, this is not a coaching session. This is about reporting data. It's about looking at the movement in the, making sure things are moving through the pipeline. Okay. And it's about empirical evidence. It's about, it's about data is being, it's either, either you're hitting or you're not. And then I get to drill into it. So I don't have to get into a lot of story. I'm not going to be doing call debriefs on this one-on-one. -on -one. This is a reporting meeting. This is us to give the score and us to then make a decision on what actions they are going to take. And then I get to make a decision on whether or not I think that they've got the right choices in their decision-making or I have to step in. And then it's outside of the one-on-ones where those frequencies come in and touch points that makes it that much easier to have these conversations. Yeah, in fact, we said yesterday, the best sales leaders have very frequent informal conversations with their top producers. For sure. For sure. Very frequent. So they just, they're on the same page. They're, there's engagement there. But uh, this, this behavior piece, there, there has to be accountability uh, there um, because hitting your goals is about behaving properly. There's a direct relationship between behaviors and goals. Yeah. Um, so for, for the um, point of time, Mark, we're going to move on to, to the next one here. Um, I will become great at ride-alongs. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, you should never fire a sales rep that you invested in hiring without having done your due diligence and ride along. It's, it's like you're firing a quarterback without watching the game. You're not watching his plays. You got to watch the play. As I, I was about to say, 
as a coach, uh, uh, during pre-COVID days, I, I would go out on a lot of business trips and um, a lot often I, I would, I would uh, shadow sales reps. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, and I would see, I, I've got two stories. Um, one where a sales rep uh, was piling on. Oh, do you want to add that in? Uh, okay. That, yeah, yeah, you add that in too. We left and never talked about price, never e even came up. Um, sent a proposal, come to, uh, to uh, find out her budget was about a third and he never had a shot, didn't talk money. I had a second one I went on. The sales rep was so um, programmed systematically to follow and maybe he was trying to impress me every step of the system that he wasn't in the game. He wasn't present in a conversation with this homeowner. And I saw it and it was, it was so like, she would say one thing and he would answer by asking something else. And she, would, she, she actually got really ticked off. And so here, here is a perfectly good guy who just needed coaching. So without doing, those are just two examples of many that you can find. Uh, Mark, do you have thoughts on this ride along? Oh my gosh. I mean, let, let, I mean, let, let's, let's just, let's just cut to it, Brian. E, the, the, the people that answered that they're not doing it at all. I would say either one of two things. You don't think it's important or you don't know how to do it. It could feel awkward to you. Like, right? but I, I'm going to tell you that the best performers, they want to, they want to show off. They want to talk about it. There, there is a theme when it comes to coaching, when it comes to training, when it comes to development, and any of you that have developed people in the past, the people who need it the least want it the most. The people who need it the most want it the least. Blows your mind. So does that make sense? Did I get it? Nice. I don't, yeah, I don't need it, but I want it. Or I don't want it, but damn, I need it. And, and so what I'm going to say is this, if you were a baseball manager, would you, would you actually ask the player that you're interviewing or you're talking about, about why their batting average sucks and what their theory is on baseball, or would you go and watch them hit? Yeah. So why would debate, if you're doing that in baseball, why wouldn't you do it in sales leadership? So totally. let's talk about how you do it. If you want to move there. Yeah. So here, here are the top three rules. And, and again, this is out of that book. So we're borrowing heavily from that. Um, set the objective beforehand. How can I help you? The most important thing is to be present. Like leave your phone in somewhere else when you're with your guy, your person. Uh, do not get distracted. This is really tough because there's multiple things at you that day. And don't do what I've done before. As I've, I've got on ride along on coaching calls and I see a coaching call go bad, come in and save the day. I, I save the day, make, make the person look bad because they couldn't do it. Uh, the relationship is not good. Uh, so don't debrief afterwards. Remember, there's this thing between effectiveness and efficiency. The efficiency may be to get to sale. You can jump in and say something. But the effectiveness is to teach the sales rep how to be the sales rep. And you do that in a solid debrief. You will see the holes. You will see it. You're watching a movie. Watch a play. It is actually really, really cool uh, on this. Any other comments there, Mark? Yeah, a couple of quick ones. Number one, um, on how can I help you? You better know how you can help them. 
Because when you ask that question, how can I help you? They might go, oh, I don't know. So you might be able to say like, well, let me tell you about what I've done for others. Or this is what might help you. Or you might just set the stage and make it as a statement like, listen, because the set of the objective beforehand is about the rules of the game. And the rules of the game are, hey, listen, I just want to, today as we ride along, a couple of things. One, I'm putting my phone away. I'm turning the damn thing off. That says a statement. I'm here with you. And I just want to hang out. Is there anything that I should know about in advance that's going to make you uncomfortable? Mm -hmm. By the way, when we're in front of the customer, I'm not going to say anything. This is how you should present why I'm here. This is, and I'm not going to really do anything. I'm not part of the call. I just want to check out and hang out. Cool with it. And really where the, where the magic happens is when you are, and I think you called it here, the windshield time. It's, it's in the windshield. It's driving between appointments. We, we brought this up on one of our sales management programs, uh, Brian, uh, my second group. And we had two people that weren't doing them. One who's a veteran person. And he, and he went out there and he did it. And he's like, he's like, that was amazing. I had no idea that this was going on in this person's life and answered so many questions. They were talking to me about what's happening. I didn't even know. The, the other woman, she, she did it. And she was like, this is like brilliant. I, I don't know why I've been doing, doing this sooner. Right. And, and really, they didn't have to coach. They don't have to do it. Because what if you just shut up, they're going to say, well, what do you think? And then I get and I get to say, um, yeah, there was a lot of good things. What was what was the highlight for you? And 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 then we can really get into some advanced coaching that I'm not going to get into a ton today, but I just want to prompt it with everybody. And that is, hey, listen, I'm curious when we go into the, this this next call. What specific things do you want me to be listening for or watching for that the customer might do? What do you want the customer to say or do? And then we get to, that's what, then they go, well, at this point, they probably should say, um, yeah, we want to buy, you know, we're interested. Okay. So what are you going to do if they don't? Yeah. yeah. We get to talk about it. We get to role play it. And then we get to debrief it after the call. So I'm actually working it in. So it, it becomes, and you used the, the languaging earlier, Brian. You had the, I think you wrote down, you said, I had the most fun doing ride-alongs. Oh, it's a blast. It's a blast because you, you, there's no pressure. I don't need to coach. Yeah. I'm not there to teach. It's like watching a movie. It's watching a movie. It's yeah, just and then you can, you know, critique action. like, boy, you see things. And, and if you know the system, you know, you can see it. And sometimes people can't see it themselves, you know, and they have to slow it down. Uh, so, so that would be a, a goal I hope some of you guys pick when you get to sheet to start doing that and, um, you know, use some of these objectives, these uh, rules. Yeah. And, you know, it's like in our sales management pair group, the one that I was mentioning, we talked about it in debrief, what worked, what didn't work. And that was really powerful because we got the, oh, I never thought about that. And I'm learning. Yes. Yeah. Everybody good. learns. Good. Uh, our last of our big three is uh, I will hold engaging sales meetings. I like to do this anatomy of a win. I want everybody to bring an anatomy of a win. I want best practices here. I want a challenging bid that, that you have to be discussed with the group. This is about establishing best uh, you know, practices as well as the team. Oh yeah, and where are you as a team on your goals? Mark, you've got something really cool you told me about. You, you had this term called Oh, the brag and the drag? Yeah, yeah. Brag and drag. Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah, well, um, that brag and drag is was a way in which to engage people into talking about how their week went and um, and what was something that... See, normally when people brag, you want to gag. You're like, oh, 
but in we have to create safe environments to brag and actually it becomes really fun and so actually if i could um when when i engaged into painters usa a couple of years ago and paul you mentioned earlier that paul owned the meetings and so it was the way that paul ran meetings but it wasn't the way i run meetings right both are effective but they're different and it's gotta it's got to be and i so i said i gotta step back and um the first thing i did was I wrote an outcome statement. What is it that I really wanted to do? And I said, I, I, I said, number one, um, that less is more. I want the pace is fast. I want to drive teamwork. I want to drive collaboration between sales and operations. I want to engage everyone with a role and, and I want them to come prepared and I want them leaving wanting more. And I could tell you that there was a fatigue to our meetings. It was a high frequency, high length and it wasn't that they weren't getting things out of it. It was, we weren't being efficient. So one of my goals was to create less is more, shorten it down. And here's the thing that I realized, I had a lot of high Ds. They're like, they're like ants in their pants. I mean, <laughs> and, and, and they just can't sit there long enough. So, so by consolidating it down, we went from a 60 minute meeting to a half hour. Okay. And then that forced us to make the main things, the main things. I love it. And then what we did was, we separated out training and I have it on Fridays now and on Fridays at 8 a.m. And this might blow everyone's mind, but I made them voluntary. I made the training. We didn't even call it training. We called it advanced selling collaborative. And my role is a facilitator. And all I do is I ask the, the, the three questions of which are, to, okay, we're going to go round robin. What's your brag of the week or brags? What's the drag? What's been holding you back? And then, What's the, 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 the challenge that you're faced with that you have a selling situation or you need input from? And people go around. And I would say to you, when we started this off, I had two or three people show up on that Friday. And that happened for about a month. And then they started talking amongst themselves. And all of a sudden, I had a surprise visitor. The third person showed up. Mm. And the third turned into four. I've got, I've got uh, 13 salespeople and I've got nine of them show up religiously and uh, the 10th comes in every once in a while. And, and one of them is the owner. So he's not going to show. He's actually not been invited. So that reduces. So the one person that wants to show is, a, is someone that has a, a meeting conflict, another meeting that they have at that time. So I've got almost 100% participation. And Great. we use that format. But we move the training out of the sales meeting into a separate entity because their brains couldn't shift. I can't shift. And the burden was always on me to come up with a new topic. And I'm lazy. I'm not lazy like I don't want to do the work. I'm lazy coming up with new topics. So I just said, well, why don't I have them bring the topics up? And we did brought the topics up with brag and drag. I love brag and drag. Because what sales rep doesn't want to brag? Now you give them permission to brag? That is pretty awesome. And that's a wrap on today's conversation featuring Brian Nolan and Mark Repkin. We hope you're walking away from this episode with some tangible takeaways on how you can look at your own sales covenants and focus on the three that make the most sense for you. The rule of three truly does help creating more focus, more concentration. You will have a pattern of success. Looking back at today's conversation, do those three belong to you? Are you holding engaging sales meetings? Are you great at ride-alongs? Will you become the coach? Thanks for listening to this episode. 
Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business consulting firm with coaches located around the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd like to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.